Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is brought to you by ROI Online. ROI offers content marketing, email marketing, social media marketing, web and mobile design, and more for businesses of all sizes. As your business development partner and marketing agency, they can help you tell your story. Learn more at ROIOnline.com. Hey Amarillo is also brought to you by Excel Energy. If your Excel Energy bill seems to have gotten a little lighter over the past month, that's because the factor used to calculate fuel costs on your bill has shrunk. It reflects lower natural gas prices and a significant investment in economical, clean sources of electricity. We'll talk about that more later in the episode. So, this is a special episode, and we're going to talk about minor league baseball in Amarillo. If you've driven down Buchanan Street downtown over the last few months, you've passed a big hole in the ground where the city is building a baseball stadium. It's going to house a double-A team and will start playing next year, but we won't know the team's major league affiliation until this fall. The team doesn't have a name yet either. The Elmore Sports Group, which owns the franchise, announced a sweepstakes for residents to submit potential team names back in April. So last Wednesday, May 30th, they announced the five finalists. They wanted residents to vote on their favorite. Only most residents didn't have a favorite. The five options, the Boot Scooters, the Bronc Busters, the Long Haulers, the Jerky, and the Sod Poodles. These options were met with annoyance and bewilderment. There was a little bit of rage, and and mostly they were met with disappointment. Personally, none of those names are anything close to what I expected. I was in a meeting when the names were announced. It was a meeting downtown, and we were talking about some promising new initiatives in Amarillo. And as soon as we became aware of the finalists, it put a damper on the meeting. Somebody wondered if a petition would result. And over the next hour during the meeting, I I started getting texts and Facebook messages from friends who were either laughing at the names or in shock, like I was. A few people thought it was a joke. I checked Facebook after the meeting was over, and the social media rage machine was already starting to ramp up. I posted something about it myself, expressing my own disappointment, and I, I mentioned my willingness to sign a petition. Now, this podcast is about my guests. I I tried not to insert myself too much into the interviews or into the stories, but I have to admit, I kind of stepped into this story at that point. Because as soon as I hit publish on that first post on Facebook, I thought, why am I waiting for someone to start a petition? Why don't I just start a petition? So I did. I googled free online petitions, uh, found a place called ipetitions.com, created a new account there, And I quickly wrote up and launched a petition with the title, Please Give Us Five Better Finalist Names for the Amarillo Pro Baseball Team. I hit publish on that petition. And then I signed it myself, signature number one. And then I posted it to Facebook. And then I shared it with a few of those friends who were already talking about it online. That was at about 1.30 on Wednesday. I thought the petition might get about 500 signatures, maybe. Um, I set the goal at 1,000. I did not expect to meet that goal. By 7 p.m. that Wednesday, that night, I mean, less than, what, six hours later, uh, the petition had collected 3,000 signatures. By midnight, if I remember right, I I didn't write it down, but it was above 5,000. And it had half as many comments. I mean, 2,500 comments. 
And as of Monday, June 4th, when I'm recording this episode, there are more than 7,000 signers to the petition. There are nearly 4,000 comments from people saying things along the lines of, is this a terrible joke? Or please don't embarrass us. Or give us new names. These names are insulting. Or what are they thinking? Or some people just posting why with about 15 whys. Clearly, something was happening. People cared. So the next morning on Friday, June 1st, I reached out to Tony Enzer, the president and GM of Amarillo Professional Baseball. That's the management group's boring name uh, because the team name and the affiliation haven't been decided yet. Um, And I asked Tony if he would be interested in talking about the controversy on this podcast. And to his credit, he was totally up for it. Now, we had to talk by phone rather than in person, which is my preference for this podcast. So the audio is not ideal. Uh, There's no eight straight in this episode, but... Tony presented his perspective, and I tried to offer my perspective to him. And regardless of whether you like the names or not, I hope you'll listen to our conversation. Now stick around after it's over, because I will have a few more thoughts. So here's Tony Enzer. Tony Enzer, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. I I really appreciate you sitting down with me today. Absolutely, Jason. Happy to do it. So I I know that uh, we're in a moment where everybody is talking about baseball and everybody's talking about the team names. But before we get to that discussion, I'd I'd like to learn more about you, just in terms of of who you are, your career, your um, your background with baseball. So can you kind of walk me through sort of what you've done before getting to this point? Well, yeah, it's kind of a boring uh, subject, but I'll, I'll give you everything I've got. <laughs> Yeah, I, I started out in, in baseball really uh, 30 years ago. I was the, I started out on the field. I was the groundskeeper. I was the fourth man on the grounds crew. So when people like to say they started on the ground floor, I mean, I, I, I literally did that. In fact, I like to say I helped to create the ground floor um, because as a groundskeeper, that's what you do. So I worked in on the field. Uh, I was a college player. Uh, unfortunately, uh, didn't make it to the pro ranks as a player because of due to injuries, but uh, really love the game. Just really, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a baseball guy. I've, uh, my mom used to tell me that uh, it seems like I was born with a glove in my hand because I just love the sport so much and I love seeing it every single day. It's pretty much been my life since I was about about five or six years old when uh, when you're first allowed to get into t-ball. But from a career standpoint, I started out with the Chattanooga Lookouts many, many years ago uh, on the grounds crew, just a college kid looking for summertime work. Uh, and within within a few months, uh, was able to move up to the top ranks, mainly due to my my skill as a groundskeeper, but more the fact that I had a strong work ethic. And and the uh, groundskeeper at the time and the, and the general manager had a falling out, and he looked at the the four guys remaining and pointed at me and said, "I'm the new head groundskeeper." So that was my beginning into uh, sports. But I got to tell you, the you know, the, I can remember almost like it was yesterday. The first day I came on the field, I mean, I was just a young guy. My college days, uh, playing days, had had uh, just about ended, and I walked out on the field and was doing the day labor of prepping the field right before the game, and uh, the gates opened to the ballpark. And this was a ballpark in, called Ingalls Stadium in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was built in nineteen, uh, I think it was nineteen thirty-five, mm-hmm. uh, and it was pretty old at the time. Then all of a sudden the gates opened, people started to file in, and you could smell the hot dogs and the popcorn and the excitement and you know just uh, the prep of the field. And, and when we got off, I looked up in the stands and I was hooked. Yeah, uh, I was hooked in baseball, and that was again thirty years ago. And do you so come from, from Chattanooga? Do Do you come from that area? 
Yeah, I'm from Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Kentucky, uh, lived in Tennessee, raised in Tennessee most of my life. Uh, and so the Chattanooga Lookouts was my, uh, was my hometown team from working there as the uh, head groundskeeper and then eventually worked my way up to uh, stadium manager and groundskeeper. I think it was more at the time uh, that they, uh, for, for financial reasons, they just gave me more titles. They didn't give me more money, but I got more titles. Uh, so more responsibility, more work. And uh, so from there, uh, I was there for about uh, five years in Chattanooga, uh, and then went to uh, Birmingham, Alabama, where I was the uh, uh, stadium operations manager. So I went to a ballpark that was built in the, early 1930s uh, to a ballpark that was brand new at the time, really only about two years old, uh, which was the Hoover Met and was director of stadium operations there for the Birmingham Barons. And eventually I was there for 16 years. I worked my way up through the ranks from from, uh, director of stadium operations to group sales director to sales director to assistant GM to VP to GM and eventually uh, president and general manager. I ran it for the last... uh, I think it was seven or eight years while I was there. Uh, had a great, great time in uh, Birmingham. We were the AA affiliate at the time uh, of the Chicago White Sox, and they still are to this day. Okay, You might recognize some of the names that we had as players there, and that's what's exciting about uh, coming back into AA now and here in Amarillo because I know the AA level, and I love the AA level. Uh, there's so much talent and prospects here at the AA level. It's incredible, but... I mean, I had guys playing for me like Frank Thomas, Mark Burley, Joe Creedy, uh, Deion Sanders played, uh, came into our ballpark. Uh, you might remember one of my more famous uh, players that played for our team was uh, Michael Jordan. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. In his, uh, yeah, in 1994, I was running the day-to-day operations of the ball club as the assistant GM, and Michael Jordan was a, was a, one of our players, and he was there for the entire year, and that was a resume builder, I can tell you that. <laughs> Uh, you got to experience more in that year than uh, than most people do in about five or ten years. So yeah, that was a pretty pretty cool season for us. And but, so right now you're uh, in the Colorado Springs area, is that right? Yeah, I've been in Colorado Springs now. This is my 14th season in Colorado Springs um, as the president and general manager of that club. And you know we've been affiliated with the Colorado Rockies and now the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, and we're the AAA affiliate of the uh, Milwaukee Brewers and. Just a great organization and great players are coming through our system there. You know, I, I know that the reason we're talking is because of the uh, the controversy about the name uh, finalists for the Amarillo team, uh, with you being the president uh-huh. of the GM. Can you tell me a little bit about the the current trends or the naming conventions for minor league mascots? I mean, we, we've heard of teams like the Flying Squirrels or the the Yard Goats or the the Akron rubber ducks and you know, that, that there is a tradition (laughs) at the moment of, of unique names. So talk to me about that. Yeah. I mean, it really started, you know, uh, years ago, 10, 10 years, 10, 12 years ago uh, with the uh, Lee. Well, actually longer than that was probably 15, 20 years ago uh, with the Montgomery biscuits. It really started where minor league baseball is, is about kids and it's about families and it's about entertainment. It's about the experience that we create and, you know, being able to do it with a fun name that people enjoy and get to, to come be a part of the ballpark. And again, it's not just about the name, but you, you are talking about uh, teams like the Montgomery biscuits who again, 15, 20 years ago that came about when I was in the Southern league and I didn't understand it at the time. And I didn't understand the uh, Chihuahuas. I was, I told the, uh, the president and general manager of the uh, Chihuahuas. I said, 
Uh, you know, at the time, I didn't understand what you guys were doing. But as I learned the story and I learned what you guys were talking about, I got it. And now I understand it. And uh, so you're talking about in the last you know, 15, 20 years of, of really teams going in that direction where it's more kid and family friendly. Absolutely, we're, we're professional baseball. We put a, a fantastic product out on the field. But when communities get to rally around names like the Chihuahuas, uh, which is El Paso, and that's the, probably the more recent, most successful brand and name in all of baseball. I mean, the, the El Paso Chihuahuas is just that. It's the number one name in all of minor league baseball uh, and the best name, most recognized. Uh, then you have teams like the uh, uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs in Pennsylvania. You've got the Richmond Flying Squirrels. The New Orleans Baby Cakes uh, just came into existence uh, last year, year before. Savannah Bananas and the Hartford Yard Goats. I mean, it's, it's kind of a trend in minor league baseball, but it's been a trend for a long time. You know, and, and we understand uh, the passion that people are, are having for this uh, name the team process. And I'll be honest with you, it could be more excited to go through the process with the community. And, well, that's one thing I, I think people will get excited about is that the name of the team is one thing, but it, this all culminates in the, in the fall with the branding and designs and experiences that we're going to create with the final winning name, whatever it is. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a fun ride. You know, the, the main thing I want people to kind of understand is we want our team name to be unique in baseball, mm-hmm. in the baseball world, and, and really authentic to Amarillo and, and our community. Um, it's not going to be the, a name that's, that's, uh, that means uh, the same thing in other parts of the country. They're going to understand once we tell the story, once we create the brand around the name. But the, like I say, the naming of the team is, is one part of the process. It's, in, in my mind, and, and really in, in most of minor league baseball, it's what you do with the name that matters. You know, it's the stories that come from behind the names. That a name is a name, but when you tell a story, it really starts to understand things. And you know, we're excited to build that brand and the experience, and with whatever the name is, and make Amarillo proud. Well, how involved were you, like personally, in in choosing those five finalists? Well, it really was a it was really a kind of a, a culmination of a lot of different people. You know, we we had folks from Amarillo come in. We did a focus group, and we talked to citizens and of Amarillo and found out, you know, Hey, what's, what's important to you? How do you feel about yourself and Amarillo? What do you want to be known by? And what's important to the community of Amarillo? Then we also, we had criteria that had to meet, of course, you know, with the originality, creativity, uniqueness, and relevance to Amarillo and, and, and all those things. Uh, and then it's a, a team discussion with uh, our ad agency, ad agency that you know, works with us on this and our ownership. And, and really it was a culmination of, input from everybody from the community from the team from ownership from from everybody and you know i was i was part of that just like everybody else on our team and it was exciting one of the the things that i've heard from people is suspicion that those five finalists were not all legitimately submitted by locals can can you speak to that i mean did those all come from no from the sweepstakes absolutely or? Absolutely. You know, we had three over 3,000 names. Some of the names that I could share with you are extremely comical. <laughs> Some of them uh, were, were uh, political. Some had to do with the, the road conditions uh, in Amarillo. We had everything that you could possibly imagine. So, no, but all these names came from the list. They were uh, names that were submitted by uh, the local citizens. And, you know, when we do, ultimately, when we do the name the team and when we unveil uh, we'll have the winners there uh, yeah. for the contest. So and it was all part of it, all part of the derivatives of those names. And, you know, the neat thing about 
the name that when we did the uh, uh, call for entries and got the names from the community is not just the names that they gave us. Cause not only did you have to give a name, but you have to tell a story. Why does that name mean so much to you? And for us, it, it really helped us to learn a lot about Amarillo. And, and, you know, again, this is, this is not about uh, uh, disrespect or anything else, but I think it's part of our job as people in minor league baseball and who've been doing this a long time and, and hopefully we're good at what we do is to kind of uh, uh, teach people the process of minor league baseball, what minor league baseball is all about. It's about, you know, providing a, a great uh, environment for families to come out and enjoy, you know, America's greatest game and a good, wholesome, affordable place uh, to see a ball game. And it's as executives in the game, I don't decide who's pitching on a certain night. I don't decide who's playing first base. But what we do get to do is we get to determine the kind of environment, the kind of experience we create for our fans. And we're going to work tirelessly. And that's what we're good at. That's that's what we've all trained and worked so hard. That's what I've worked for 30 years doing is is creating an experience in the ballpark and in the community that people are proud of. And the people walk walk in and uh, come to the gate and I uh, like to I like to tell them it's Disneyland. I, I want to create a Disneyland concept when people come in the ballpark. Yes, it's a sport. We know that. Uh, but you know what? You know, if you're sitting around a your your family table at at home and there's six of you at the table, maybe one of you knows. Uh, just like in our group, you know, in, in the baseball world, maybe one of you knows why the pitcher is throwing a certain pitch at a certain time to a certain batter, why the outfield's positioned to a certain way and and you're a hardcore baseball fan and we love those people but you know what that's not that's not our audience our audience is people that want to come out to the ballpark and enjoy fireworks and enjoy the great giveaways enjoy the crazy zany funny promotions we're going to do in between contests and the the entertainers and concerts we're going to bring in from outside the community all year long uh that's our audience the the people that are hardcore baseball fans like you may be the hardcore baseball fan in your family but you're going to enjoy it because you're getting to see the top uh, prospects in all of professional baseball. You're going to get that and you're going to love it. But the rest of your family is going to come because they enjoy the, the great food. They enjoy the beautiful ballpark. They enjoy the fireworks. They enjoy the giveaways and, and people watching and just being out in the community. And that's, that's what we provide. Let's talk about that because you've, you've mentioned in the past, um, I, I believe at the announcement of the sweepstakes that, you know, coming up with the name of the team was, critical you know that it was a um something that was going to define you know what the team is and the the different uh, things that happen at the ballpark the promotions all of that stuff you know hinges on that and this announcement of the five finalists was met with a lot of pushback um and i think you know this but i'm the one who who started that petition and the petition mm-hmm. got you know at, at this point 6500 signatures uh, more than 3,500 comments, which was more than the response to the original name the team contest. I mean, that's that's more than the people that voted in the the last Potter County runoff election. So I, I wonder, <laughs> I, I wonder what you think of that pushback. Is that something that you expected? I mean, what's what's your response to it? Well, uh, first off, I think I need to talk to you about being our PR person. Uh, I, I, you're pretty good at what you do. I'm glad to have helped, <laughs> even if I was unwittingly, you know, a, a, a tool in your your process. But. Uh, no, no, no. You're you're fine. Yeah. Again, we love the passion that people are showing for the team and this whole process and the community. That that to me is amazing. That's what makes Amarillo great. 
And we couldn't be, like I said, we couldn't be more excited to go through that process with people. And we understand how people feel, but we really, really believe, and this is something that we've you know, seen all over the country in baseball, that if people give this new experience, so again, we're here to, to kind of show you what minor league baseball is all about. It's, it's not major league baseball. I know people probably would have felt more comfortable with, you know, the Cardinals or the Rattlers or the Tumbleweeds or something that's more generic, something that's, you know, it's safe. But we're, we're not here to be ordinary. Uh, we're here to be exceptional. We're here to do exceptional things in Amarillo for Amarillians. I mean, uh, uh, this is going to be my community. I'm living here with my family, and, and I could not be more excited to, to be part of Amarillo because of the people I've met. And the same passion that, uh, that people are showing for this contest is what I love to see in a community. And I, I just really, really love that aspect. And so when you, you, talk, you think about team names and, you know, we could have gone that safe route because there was a lot of safe names to do. You know, the Gold Sox was certainly one of them that, that people put out there, but that's not original. That's not unique. That's, you know, I, I don't want people to hear the name and go, oh, that's great. That's, that's really great name. And, and then, you know, they forget about it. I want people to go, why are they naming the team what they're naming? Why, what does that have to do with Amarillo? to ask those questions, to be engaged just like you're doing. And I think that's wonderful. I love the engagement. But and you, you asked me about the, you know, the, the community's response to it, at least uh, part of the community, that you know, the same thing happened in El Paso. Probably the biggest example of, of any team naming in the country was the El Paso Chihuahuas. I was, I was there when it was happening, and, and people around the country were going crazy as to why people in El Paso thought this was the craziest name in the, in they had ever heard and were really upset about it. But I'll be honest with you, the El Paso Chihuahuas is, like I told you before, is now the number one team name in all the country. And it's done more for that community, more to rally that community uh, than any team name has ever done. And they, you know, all those things, flying squirrels, iron pigs, biscuits, baby pigs, they all started with controversy or some type of a really strong uh, fan engagement. But they all ended with amazing success stories. So the message I have for everyone is, Look, we, we only want what's best for this community. We truly, truly do. I, this is my community now, and I love this community. I love everybody. I love the people in it. I love the passion. But let's be patient. Let the story unfold. Trust that we, we want what's best for the community, and let's, and let's see how this uh, thing turns out. I promise you on April 2019 when we open up that ballpark that everybody's going to love what we're doing. They're going to love the mascot. They're going to love the, the team name, the uniforms, the players. That beautiful ballpark. I mean, uh, that ballpark is going to be a sentinel, not only in Amarillo, but in Texas and around the country. It's going to be, going to be one of the best ballparks in the country. I've seen it. I've, I've studied the plans, and I know it's coming, and I cannot be more excited to see that thing uh, start to rise up in downtown Amarillo. Okay, so I, I want to push back a little bit. With, with Amarillo being, you know, you're, you're not from here, but the, the city prides itself as as being a place of, of pioneers and mavericks and, and people who are independent. I mean, we, we're isolated from everything else. And so if we want something good, we've had to do it ourselves. We have an opera and mm-hmm. a symphony. We have an award-winning ballet and little theater. All of these things we've created ourselves, and, and that's embedded in our civic pride. And so saying, well, this worked in El Paso or there was controversy in these other places, um, so it's going to be like that in Amarillo – um, that that doesn't hold a lot of sway here because we are not those places and we don't want to be those places. And I think that sure. there's another element to it 
um, that I, I think we have to address. And it's, it's what the past, say, 10 years have been like in Amarillo in terms of the, the political climate, the, the cultural climate. You know, we've been the laughingstock um, of the nation with our, uh, our Gold Sox mascot costume, you know, in 2010, 2011, whenever that went viral. We've had, you know, people talking about our dysfunctional city council. We've had, you know, lots of, lots of negative press about the politics here. And so this, you know, this ballpark has been so contentious. It's been so polarizing to people that so much feels like it's hinging on this being a success. You know, and so that's why people are are passionate about it. But there's also a, a really high sensitivity to being a punchline. And a lot of, well, I, I think all five of these names feel like a punchline. It, it feels like we're being disrespected or we're being made fun of, or this is how the outside world sees us as a bunch of boot scooters or bronc busters when that's maybe part of our past, but that's not who we are today. Do you take into account that that cultural sensitivity here and, and this whole history of, you know, feeling like we've been ignored or isolated by, by the rest of the world? Well, I, I, we absolutely do. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not here to be laughed at or to be uh, criticized or, you know, to, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm part of Amarillo now. So I, I love what I do. I'm very passionate about what I do. I like to think I'm a professional at what I do. So I wouldn't do anything that I think is going to to sully the team name or to sully the uh, the community's name. I, I get the cultural things that you're talking about, but um, my my goal in this, I want to make Amarillo proud, and I understand uh, the things that have gone in the past. But you know, we want to do things that are a little bit different. We want to go out on a on a limb and and maybe stretch the boundaries a little bit to make Amarillo a place where people look uh, from around the country and say, "Wow, they did that. They went out on a limb." And, and those other places. You know, certainly we're not, we don't want to be El Paso. We don't want to be Richmond or we don't want to be Montgomery. But, you know, those are examples of places that had similar things going on that, that, uh, that felt very prideful in their community. And, and they did struggle with the names right off the bat. And that's just minor league baseball, whether it's minor league baseball in Amarillo, whether it's minor league baseball in, in Savannah or, or, uh, El Paso, you have some consistencies in minor league baseball. The, I guess the, the main thing that, that I'd like to kind of say is that, when you're talking about being proud of your community, so I'm bringing probably about 22 to 24 full-time people from around the country uh, to come live and work and make Amarillo their home. And that's what I tell them is because I'm bringing kids from California. I'm bringing kids from uh, Indianapolis, triple-A ball clubs, double-A ball clubs uh, all around the country. And I'm selling Amarillo. And how I sell Amarillo is if I've got a kid coming from California who lives on the beach or a kid from Colorado that, you know, has the mountains, I'm, I'm like, you know what? We don't have the, uh, the natural resources of uh, the Rocky Mountains or the Pacific Ocean or if it's Memphis, Tennessee, where I'm bringing kids to the rivers and uh, places down there. But you know what our natural resource here is in, in Amarillo? And I'm not saying this to to blow smoke or anything else, I truly believe it because it's what I've seen, it's what I've witnessed for myself, is our natural resource here in Amarillo is the people. And it is that. They are pride, They have a lot of pride. They're resilient. They're independent. You know, they don't take guff from anybody. And, and that's what I love about the people. And they're so welcoming. And so uh, they're, you know, extended open arms to us. And 
I truly believe that. That's why I'm moving here is because I, I love what I've seen in the community. I love the people. And that's how I'm uh, bringing kids from all over the country. And they can't wait to come here and live and work and make this uh, community proud. And I've told them, look, the community has invested in this ballpark, in this team. They're counting on us as a team to, to bring the success that, we, that they wanted, the, the dreams that they have for this baseball team. That's exactly the same dreams we have for this baseball team in this community, and we're going to honor that. And we're going to do that by uh, putting the absolute best product we can out there as far as the facility goes, as an organization goes in the community, and as a uh, baseball team on the field. So we feel the same pride. You know, Whether you're from uh, anywhere in the country, you have a lot of pride. Hopefully you have a lot of pride in yourself, and that's what we do. And uh, we want to be a part of this community, and we want to do it the right way. Content marketing email marketing, social media marketing, branding, web and mobile design. If you have a small business or if you have a large business, you probably hear these terms all the time and they're in the context of stuff you need to be doing. But if you're like most business owners, you just really don't have the time or the manpower or the expertise to focus on these things. But you need to because marketing is crucial in today's business climate. The thing is, it can be super overwhelming if you don't know much about it. That's why you should join forces with ROI Online. ROI believes your marketing should make you money. Their team of experts partner with you to shape your company's marketing and culture. But ROI is more than a marketing agency. Think of them as your business development partner. They help tell your story so you connect with customers and get ahead of your competition. So become a partner with ROI, create a plan, and grow your business. To learn more about how ROI Online can position your business for the future, visit ROIOnline.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook. ROI Online, leading the modern marketing movement. This episode is also sponsored by Excel Energy. Now, if you ever look at your electric bill, you'll see a couple different charges on there for various things like sales tax. But let's focus on one of the bigger items, one that usually makes up about a third of your residential bill, and that's officially known as the fuel cost factor. Well, that factor is shrinking. It's getting smaller for the summer. And here's why. About a decade ago, the electrical system that generates and delivers your power reached its limit of cost-effectiveness. As demand grew on the system and the equipment used to serve your electrical needs aged, Excel Energy faced the need to invest in something better. Sure, monthly costs would increase in the short term, but in time, they believed customers would see the payoff. Someday. Then an interesting thing happened. And it wasn't entirely unexpected, as electrical service rates rose to cover the costs of new and updated power lines and substations, the system as a whole became more efficient. New lines opened up new power markets. More wind energy was added, which doesn't even have fuel costs associated with it. Power plants that did use fuel were fine-tuned with neural networks, whatever those are. The point is, all of this allowed the utility to produce and import greater supplies of low-cost energy. And Excel Energy's lower fuel costs, which have dropped so low they are more than making up for the massive investments, those are savings passed on directly to you. You can check out all the investments Excel Energy is making in our region at powerfortheplains.com and catch up with the company on Facebook at Excel Energy Texas. Tony, I, I like your confidence. Um, I appreciate that. And I hear you saying, you know, sort of behind everything is, is just trust us. We know what we're doing. Um, this is going to work out. At the same time, you know, you mentioned the the need for us to go out on a limb, and that's you know that's a risky thing to do. And 
And for a lot of us, this moment with the baseball team is, it feels like a really precarious moment. Like, like we're in the center of a, a revival in the city and it's built around the MPEV and the baseball team. And if we get this wrong, it could be a big hurdle, you know, for that revival. And so saying we've got to go out on a limb, we have to take this risk and it's all going to work out. It, it seems, well, it, it seems really risky to me. Like, like why not? be a little more conventional with the names? Why not give us five more ideas that aren't so roundly disapproved of? Um, whether it's Cardinals or not, it doesn't have to be a boring name, but it also doesn't have to be Sod Poodles. So what are your thoughts in, in terms of just the confidence that you have that this risk is going to pay off? You, you said it earlier, you like my confidence. I have all the confidence. Well, I'm not, I'm not thinking, man, this could be a great idea. I think you know, what the community has given us, you know, for names to run down and to follow through on and to, to build the, the brand around this ball club as a community. Uh, I, I don't think they're, they're good. I think they're great. Uh, and I have all the confidence in the world. I know what we're capable of. I know, and I'll tell you this too. I, I think it, it really hinges on us. If we want something, and I believe this in, in whatever you do, if you want something to be a success, then you work hard at it and you work long at it, and you give it everything you've got, and it will be a success. And that's what our staff is going to do. We're, we're going to do this uh, as, a, as a team, and we're going to do this as a community. I have no doubts in the world. I, I don't have a single doubt that this is going to be successful. I really don't, or I wouldn't be here. And I'll tell you this, too. You know, if you, I, don't, I don't care whether our, our, our name is uh, the second name we have is Boot Scooters or it's uh, Long Haulers or Sod Poodles. The most important thing to me is that our first name is Amarillo, and that's what comes first for us, and that's what comes first as a team, and that's where we're going to build uh, ourselves in this community. We are Amarillo. We're going to be a part of this community. We could not be more excited. And Yeah, I have a ton of confidence. I have a ton of confidence in, in us as a, as a staff, and I have the, the thing I have more confidence in, because I've seen it, is the people of Amarillo, and I think together we're going to, we're going to do amazing things together, not, not good things. Not safe things, but we're going to do great things together. At at what point does confidence become overconfidence? I mean, is is there a system in place to like correct course if if you can't get Amarillo on board with any of these names? Well, I, I again, we're we're not going. We're not looking at what if we fail. I mean, that's <laughs> that's not even an option. But that's so, what we're uh, looking no, at we're, is what if we fail. I mean, that's that's what I keep thinking. This cannot fail, and so why? Why take a risk by submitting five names that nobody likes? Uh, I, I, because they, we haven't begun to tell the story yet. And I think that's what, that's what everyone uh, is, will, will be excited for. That's what happened in all these other cities where there were chihuahuas and flying squirrels and iron pigs and biscuits and baby cakes and jumbo shrimp. That is minor league baseball. That is what makes minor league baseball different and separates us from major league baseball. We get really the best of both worlds. We get, we get the great play and the top talent in the country coming in uh, to play baseball on our fields and in our communities. And, you know, you'll go down there on a, on a Thursday night and you'll be having a discussion, getting your autograph taken with this young guy that's playing first base uh, on a Thursday night. On Friday, he gets a call up to go to the major leagues and he's playing against the Dodgers on national television. So we get that world too. But we also get to have fun and we get to – have that aspect of Disney that, that these names and these brands and the experience that we create will bring to Amarillo. The flying squirrels, the chihuahuas, the, the boot scooters, the, 
baby cakes, uh, sod poodles. That's all part of the brand of minor league baseball. So we're going to be really fortunate here in Amarillo because we're going to get we're going to get minor league baseball at its best, and we're also going to get the major league baseball uh, experience as well. So uh, I, I want people to have a lot of confidence. I want people to understand that we want what's best for this team, and we want what be- is best for this community. We're going to respect that, and we're going to make it successful. Okay, so so petition or not is. Is there any hope of revisiting the names? Are, are these five finalists set in stone? These five finalists are set in stone. These are our names. These okay. are these are what we're going with. And and then once we get through the uh, fan vote, and then we go back to the original criteria. We start looking at that. We get together as a as a, uh, a committee of owners and team team officials, and then we put in the what the fans uh, have said in the vote, and then we start to develop and tell the story from there. And that's when it really gets fun, Jason. That's, that's when people are going to have a great time with us. When we design the logos, when we, when we design the brand and the experiences we're going to create, because the, the brand is going to tie into the ballpark. It's going to tie into the team. It's going to tie into the community. It's going to tie into everything that we do. And I think you're going to really be excited. Uh, I promise you'll be wearing whatever hat it is uh, on, on April 19th. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to put one on your head and we're going to wear one together. And we're going to be, proud uh proud members of the of the community and the team so it's going to be it's going to be fun to uh see that uh, unfold i can promise you i will support the team i'll be your cheerleader i can't promise that i will wear a boot scooters hat because that's <laughs> that's embarrassing to me but I, I i know you're busy and i i want to um you know recognize that but i'd like to kind of close um i want to read you something that a friend of mine wrote on facebook and just get your response to it she is She's, she's a very well-connected interior designer in town. She's a young entrepreneur. She's, she's very high profile, and she's the mom of little kids. And so she's right in the demographic that you want to reach. And in response to this, she wrote, Honestly, I can't even laugh this one off. I'm so over trying to be part of something here, and then this type of thing happens. She was ready to support the team, and now she's done. And she's one of a bunch of other people just that I know that feel exactly the same way. What would you say to her to bring her back to alleviate her annoyance or her frustration or her embarrassment with the names? Well, just, just like, just like we talked about, I mean, I I honor her feelings and I respect them. And, and and all I can ask her is to, you know, know that uh, everything we're going to be doing is we're going to be committed to Amarillo, the authenticity of Amarillo, the, uh, the community of Amarillo and give us a chance. That's really all I ask is just give us a chance. I promise you, you're going to love what we're going to be doing. Uh, cause it's all going to be done with passion for Amarillo. You can't go wrong, Jason, when you're working so hard, you have a passion to make something great. That's the confidence that you hear in my voice is, is I have all that confidence because I know what we're going to do is going to be great. And I want Amarillo to be proud of that and I want them to see it. So, uh, just give us a chance. That's all I'm asking. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that you recognize the passion. I would just ask that you not cheapen our passion and and do us proud. So, uh, Tony, I, I I really appreciate you being on the show. I know that uh, it's a lot to ask. I know that this is a controversial time, and um, it, it means a lot to me that you would sit down and, and give us a few minutes. No, I'm happy to do it, and and I, and I get it. And I, I want to, I want people to feel good about what we're doing. I want them to feel good about what they're doing, and and to come enjoy the greatest game in the world. And, and we'll be doing that together in 2019. Tony Enzer, thanks for being on the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks, Jason. 
So that concludes the podcast. But I want to say a couple more things. First, I want to say thanks to Tony for being on the show. And thanks to Shane Phillips, the public relations director for the team, for helping us get connected. I also want to say thanks to my wife, Amy, and my friends, Jonathan Baker, Dusty Green, Jason Burr, and my brother, Brooks Boyette, for helping me think through some of the questions uh, related to these names and put my thoughts together before the episode. You heard me promise Tony that I would support the team regardless of the name. And that's true. I want the team to succeed because I want Amarillo to succeed. I still don't really like the names. I think boot scooters and bronc busters are insulting. Because while we have a Western past, we don't all wear boots or ride horses. Those names reflect more about what outsiders think of us than what we think of ourselves. And I I think we're rightfully sensitive about that. I think long haulers and the jerky are just too easy to turn inappropriate. I mean, we've already been burned by the Gold Sox mascot. I was once a teenage boy, so I can already see the potential for those jokes. Which means the least offensive name is also the one that bewildered us the most at the beginning, the sod poodles. And I'm already seeing people come around on that one in a yard goats or iron pigs kind of way. Now, a few people are still talking up conspiracy theories or wondering if the vote was a sham to drum up publicity or they're speculating about the marketing company that maybe the team uses. I I didn't really get into that with Tony because I'm not sure that kind of thinking is helpful. And what's especially unhelpful are the people who are talking about boycotting the team because of the names, or who are withdrawing their support because of this process. Let's look at it this way. Say you're barefoot and someone promises to bring you some awesome shoes that will help you walk or jump or run better. And so you agree to it and they bring you five shoes and those shoes are hideous. They're ugly. They're offensive to you. You hate those shoes. And so to get back at them for the shoes, to really show them how offended you were, you cut off your own feet. I mean, that only hurts you. You've gone too far. Cutting off support for the team, whatever the team ends up being called, that won't have any impact other than hurting the city. And so respectfully, I understand your strong opinions. I share those strong opinions. I get it if you hate the names regardless of what the team ends up being called. You don't have to wear the hat. You don't have to wear the shirt. But I would ask you, don't walk away. Don't abandon the team. I know I don't usually editorialize in these podcasts, but I did want to say that. I want to thank you for listening. Thanks to ROI Online and Excel Energy for sponsoring the show. Thank you for signing the petition. If you were one of the thousands who did, you, I mean, legitimately, you surprised me. But Amarillo people care. So maybe I should have thought a lot bigger than a thousand signatures. Anyway, if you like the show, if you like Hey Amarillo, please leave a review, subscribe to it, spread the word, share it on Facebook, or interact with me on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find it. Go to heyamarillo.com. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.